Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. Dr. Sasha Reed is a senior lecturer at Griffith Business School. Sasha's PhD from the University of Queensland assessed the social consequences and role of event stakeholders' participation in the organising and planning of events within rural areas. More recently, Sasha was the founding director of research and has established the research capacity of DTZ, a global property advisor firm in Australia. Her research interests are in vertical communities and high-rise living, community development and planning, and the social consequences of rural tourism and events. Sasha is a co-author of the research report, Crime in High-Rise Buildings, Planning for Vertical Community Safety, completed in 2013 for the Criminology Research Advisory Council. Today, I am delighted to welcome Dr. Sasha Reed. Welcome, Sasha. Thanks for having me, Amanda. Absolute pleasure to have you, Sasha. And I often ask my guests who come on the show, who would you recommend I interview? And it has to be about three or four times now I have had guests say, you have to get Dr. Sasha Reed." So yeah. it's an absolute privilege to finally have you. Well, they're very generous. <laughs> very well known in the sector. Sasha's in Queensland, but we catch up regularly at conferences and events around the place. And I've been wanting to chat with you for a while, Sasha, about your research into crime in our strata communities. Can you tell us why the issue of crime in the context of vertical communities is a critical one for strata owners to be across? I think one of the challenges for strata owners is the fact that you're living within close proximity to others. Mm. And so the actions of one have a flow-on effect to others. And so we really need to be cautious of and plan our communities to ensure that we have safe environments for people to live Mm. and also to working too because, you know, strata isn't only about residential. We do have the commercial and all those other factors. And the, the crime project that we're talking about is set in surface paradise. Mm-hmm. And that's a unique set of a unique environment because it's got the touristic element as well. Yes. So that's a little bit different again. Yeah, you have all of those factors coming together, people's homes and where they live every day, people's places of work and where people come to visit when they're on holidays. So they're for a specific and quite different purpose as well. And you often have all of those people in the one place and a raft of issues, let's say, arising out of that. Yeah. I think that's because uh, people do uh, approach it quite differently. Like people that are living there, it's their life. It's their investment. It's their livelihood. It's, you know, where they reside with their families. So there's that safety element. People that are going there for tourist purposes, they generally tend to be a little bit more laid back. They're on holidays. They probably let go of some of their normal daily habits. Mm. And that has an influence on how they interact with their environment that they are within and also the people that are within that environment. Yeah, for sure. And and they're only there for a short period of time. That's right. And not too worried about necessarily about the consequences of their stay. 
That's right, because they don't have to probably deal with the consequences of their stay. They just leave and move on and they've forgotten about it. Mm. And that's one of the big issues, I think, that is in the sector at the moment when we all talk about Airbnb and yep. that touristic element of people cohabitating within strata buildings. Mm, definitely. Let's get stuck into some specifics here. What are some of the common crime problems that you've noticed people face in strata and what's working in terms of overcoming those problems? Okay, so I thought I wanted to highlight to you that, you know, crime covers the full spectrum. So this research reports on all calls to service to police. Right. So it's only on reported crimes. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole series of crimes that go unreported and that's probably not included within this research. Mm -hmm. But the key ones and the most common ones are opportunistic crime. That's the number one crime issue affecting strata buildings is these opportunistic crimes, property theft, mm-hmm. theft against individuals. So they're the number one ones. There are obviously the other more challenging crimes, you know, murders, mm. a lot of drugs. Yes. Um, we are talking about surface paradise, uh, tourist precinct, so there is the drug element associated with it. Mm. But the key one we're talking about is Property theft, an opportunistic crime. Mm-hmm. Social behaviour as well is another one that sort of pops up a lot too. Yes, that's certainly something that I see in my day-to-day practice sort of as a, as a lawyer at the coalface dealing with committees who have certain types of people perhaps living in their communities and they might be people who are known to police, who have been out on bail perhaps, and these people aren't necessarily committing your stock standard crimes as we might know them but they are doing things in and around the community that would be deemed antisocial behaviour. Their use of the common facilities is intimidating other people. There's some bullying going on. And committees come to me and say, how do we deal with this? Because it's not the kind of thing we might call the police about, but we are concerned and residents aren't happy. Yeah. And there's very little that you can do in that legal sense. Mm, Yeah. And so what do you advise them? Well, I say go back to your bylaws always, step one. There usually is a bylaw that deals with behaviour and uh, behaviour on common property that might harass, threaten or intimidate other people who are lawfully using that property, whether it's residents or contractors. We get a lot of complaints about contractors being intimidated and not able to do the work that they're doing. Some buildings have bylaws that deal with the way that you dress on common property and you have to be appropriately clothed and those kinds of things. So always go back to your bylaws and see if there's something in there. And then, of course, you're sending notices, bylaw breach notices and letters and bringing this kind of behavior to the attention of these people who are causing trouble. And I know committees say, Amanda, you know, these people are in and out of jail. They're not going to pay attention to the notices that we send them, but it is better than doing nothing. It's better than doing nothing. And as a strata committee, the committee needs to be seen to be intervening and using the tools available to it rather than sitting back and allowing this kind of behaviour to go unnoticed, I guess. Yeah, because they've got an obligation to provide a safe environment. Mm. So that's one of the key factors. Mm. It's really interesting, though, because... At the most common level, though, antisocial behaviour affects everyone. Yep. I mean, you gave the extreme example of people that have been in and out of prison or another key one now is the mental health concerns. Absolutely, yeah. 
and also cultural differences. Yeah. So cultural differences are affecting how people interact with others within these environments. We sort of have lost a level of tolerance in society. Mm-hmm. To yeah. And sometimes it's, we need to get back to those basic social skills mm. that probably these uh, social media and social networks probably have we're probably not developing those as well as we used to. Yes, actually talking to our neighbours, knocking on the door, saying hi, sharing mm. common spaces together, yeah. that all does feed into this sense of community, which we talk about a lot on the podcast. Yeah. 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 So in with crime, sense of community is really important because mm. it influences guardianship. So right. guardianship is how well people are observing what's going on within their community. So mm. having someone oversee or being visible within a community, having these casual social interactions, we're not telling you to go out and become best buddies with the people within your strata scheme because that invades upon people's privacy. But to at least be able to acknowledge, yes, you're meant to be in this strata scheme, yes, mm. I've seen you around, and having people visible within the strata scheme is really important to put people off those opportunistic crime approaches. So rather than they could be observed doing it, and that is a key influencing factor to stopping opportunistic crime. Yes, absolutely. And a lot of the buildings that I've worked with, they talk about CCTV and setting up videos in the common area and they either have it or they plan to install it to try and combat this behaviour. And that works to a certain extent. I've certainly been involved with buildings where the cameras uh, get damaged and disappear and things like that. But that concept of actually being there physically, personally, and being visible around the property, I think that's a great idea. And, and perhaps we shouldn't be going straight to installing CCTV, but actually thinking, well, how can we as a community be more visible, more accessible and more open and combat it in that kind of more personal way? And it's not just the responsibility of the resident manager or the body corporate executive committee. Mm, Yes. It's the responsibility of everyone living within that scheme, Mm. everyone that's there, because it will affect everyone else within that scheme. So it's not just putting the responsibility on one or or a small number of people. Mm. And I think there's power in numbers as well where you have many rather than few standing up to bullies and those who are intimidating and and not respecting the property the way others do, you're going to have more success at the end of the day, I think, than if you've just got one standing against the many. Yeah. It's easy in Australia to fall victim to that tall poppy syndrome. Yeah, yeah. So the one person that does stand up to the bully will be then ostracised in other ways. Mm. And that impacts further on the community because people aren't willing to stand up. Mm. Yeah, I do see that in my practice that um, a strata manager, it'll often be a strata manager who will say, Amanda, I can't do this on my own. I can't put myself out there. I'm going to meetings at night and I'm not comfortable. And the poor chairperson doesn't want a bar of it. You know, where do we go from here? And that's a a really sad situation because that community has lost control of its own space and, and of the homes that these people live in. And I think that's one of the good things about this crime research project because it was looking holistically. It's Mm. not just looking at who's responsible for crime prevention or what buildings create the most levels of crime, but it was looking at across a whole suburb and looking at that 80-20 principle, Mm. which is basically a crime principle that says that 
20% of the buildings probably create 80% of the calls to service. Yep. And within our research, what we've actually found is it's probably closer to 10% of buildings create 90% of the calls to service or the crime issues. Mm. And it tends to be higher in mixed-use buildings. Mm. So when you've got competing uses taking place in the one building, then there tends to be those higher levels of crime. And that's associated with not just tourists but, you know, short-term residential letting. Mm. It's to do with tourists as well. But it's that what we were talking about earlier about people having a different approach to their safety and security or perceived safety and security than if you were living there permanently. Mm. Let's talk about some positives here, Sasha. Have you got any stories or any recommendations coming out of your research about buildings that are doing really well, that are having this problem and they're solving it uh, or don't have this problem and the reasons why they don't. What have you got to share with our listeners there? It's really interesting because long-term tenancies or long-term accommodation tends to have lower levels of crime but slightly different crime. Mm. Um, So we're we're seeing that building of community is an important leveller in terms of ostracising crime from these buildings. I think relationships build over time as well so if they're there for a longer term or they're invested in that community financially well that will have an influence as well in terms of uh, levels of crime it's interesting that just putting up a fence or barriers to entry isn't going to stop crime from occurring especially Mm. that opportunistic crime so the best thing that communities can do is to be visible to say hello to people that they see on their schemes because then that the people on the schemes will think, oh, maybe it's not the scheme that I should be yes. you know, involved with. Yes. CCTV cameras and other types of um, observational security mechanisms are great to have in place mm. but aren't the only means by any stretch of the imagination that a human presence mm. is much more important. And I think strata schemes need to be aware that the resident manager isn't a security personnel. They're not there to ensure the security of others. They're not there to chase people off if they see crimes occurring. Their roles are different Mm. and need to work closely with uh, crime prevention agencies such as police, neighbourhood watch Mm. to ensure these uh, safe environments. And I think this research is really good in helping police plan where they put patrols, yes, they can work out which are the, the risky facilities. They can work out what times are they the most risky and therefore increase police presence during those periods of time. Mm. It's a really good point you raised there, Sasha, about the the types of personnel and not putting on your resident manager or your building manager or your strata manager that role of security service provider. And I have seen buildings who have had problems in the past have really worked towards solving those by employing the right people for the right job. And even when it comes to security personnel, there are different ends of the spectrum. There's the security guard who will open and close the gate and open and close the door and say hi and bye. And then there's the security guard. There are companies out there who have ex-military personnel, ex-police officers. These guys are tough. They are big. They are scary. And that's the kind of service that I've seen work really well where you have 
people living in the community who are known to police. There's drug dealers, there's bikies, there's you know all sorts of things. And that's a community that's really struggling. They may need that level of service. And being able to identify that and get the right people for the job is really critical, I think. Yeah. I think we need to invest sometimes in security. Yeah. And that strata schemes are hesitant to spend money on that level of security presence mm. because they think, oh, well, we can do it ourselves. Mm. Sometimes we yeah. need the help. And for our own personal safety and for the safety of others, we do need to have professional assistance to even do audits, security audits. Oh, yeah, great tip. Yeah, to go in and see where, where the holes in the in the procedure are, where the, uh, where the doors are left open, where the lift passes don't work, yeah. Yeah, and for residents living within those schemes, just be aware of your settings. So when you are entering car parks, car parks are a risky area within a building. Mm. So we've got the risky facilities within the suburbs, but we've also got risky facilities within the buildings. And I'd like to do some more research to really examine where those pressure points are within buildings Mm. and how that influences uh, crime prevention strategies within those buildings. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. And sounds like something that managers and buildings can rely on as a practical guide for where to focus their attention. Yeah, I like that. Because people assume that because they live up high Mm -hmm. that they're safe, Mm, that they're protected. There's this perception about that. And the reality is that that's not always the case. Mm. And we on the Gold Coast all the time when you have these media reports about Spider-Man entering buildings through balconies that are unlocked and... Yeah, it's a fine line, isn't it, from living, you don't want to live terrified and you want to feel comfortable and feel that you can trust those around you, but at the same time you need to make sure that you, your family and your home are protected. So, all right, Sasha, everyone who comes on the show gets asked the book question, what books have had the greatest impact on you and why? I've been reflecting on this. (laughs) two key ones that I wanted to probably talk about. One's a brand new one, which has only just been released. Mm -hmm. So your readers and listeners might be quite interested in it. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F***. Ah, I love it. (laughs) And it's... I've heard about this. uh, It's not what I'd call a self-help book, but it just makes you think about what's important to you and how you can implement that within your own life, your thought process. It's about adjusting your thought process. Yeah, I've read about this and I can't remember where I saw it, but it sounded fabulous and I'm going to get my hands on that, a copy of that, definitely. You can't miss it. It's a bright orange book. Yeah. But what it was really interesting to me was demonstrating that, you know, you can only really be responsible for your own thoughts and actions Mm. and beliefs. Mm. And that's really interesting because that has a huge influence on how you interact or how you build relationships with others yeah. and healthy relationships with others, you know, ones that are going to be beneficial for your own personal growth or beliefs and values, mm. those value system. So the second book that I I was really influenced by Bryce Courtney. Yeah. So I've read pretty much all of his books, but one of the first two was The Power of One. Mm-hmm. And also April Fool's Day. Yes. So they really had a a huge influence on my love of uh, books and Mm. being an academic, tend to read a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm always interested in our academic guests and their tastes in books and those are fabulous recommendations, Sasha. So I'll make sure that there are links to those 
in the show notes and I'm definitely going to find myself one of those bright orange copies of uh, the subtle art. Let's just call it that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, before we wrap up, Sasha, how do our listeners find out more about you? And is there anything you'd like to add before we say goodbye? Okay, so I'm based at Griffith University. So if you are interested in other research that I do, there's the Griffith University Experts page and you can just type in Dr. Sasha Reed and all of the publications that I've been involved with, research projects, even um, higher degree research, other PhD students that I've supervised, a lot of their information can be found on that website. Great. Can you just give me that website, Sasha, and I'll put it in the show notes? Yeah. The other thing is that I'm the chair of the Griffith Strata Title Conference and it's going to be held again this year from the 6th to the 8th of September at Surface Paradise Marriott Resort and Spa. And the theme of this year's conference is all about engage. Mm. So engaging with industry, engaging across sectors. So it's not just for strata title managers It's for all different stakeholders within the strata industry and developing up the program, it's really pushing the boundaries and really is quite innovative and I think it'll be really interesting for your readers if they are interested in getting a deeper insight into the strata industry sector Mm. that this um, conference will be a great one. So registrations will be opening soon. There is a website Griffith University Strata Title Conference 2017. It's a place to be. Yes, I'm sure it is. I have attended, uh, I think the last conference, only every two years, isn't it? So I think I was probably there two years ago. And it is one of the highlights on the calendar of a strata sector stakeholder, for sure. And I highly recommend it to anybody who's interested in getting to know a little bit more about the industry and starting in a place where you will be comfortable, you will be welcomed and you will be engaged. (laughs) Excellent. Thanks so much for your time today, Sasha. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today?